have had the opportunity to make the flight from Melbourne, Australia to Chicago, but it is a long frickin' way. A long time to sit there and think. To think about the last eight and a half years. Eight and a half long years that I have sat there and honored my word out of respect. A respect that never existed at all. When those wheels touched down in Chicago, that door opened. I was about to walk off that plane. You walked up to me, looked me in the eye, and said three words that I never, ever thought I'd hear again. Are you ready? But the question isn't for Sean because I know he is. The question is for The Undertaker. The question is for Kane. The question is for the Brothers of Destruction. Crown Jewel. The question is, are you ready? Degeneration X is ready. Ladies and gentlemen, hello and welcome to another edition of Just What the Internet Needed More Of. That's right, it's a wrestling podcast. It's another wrestling podcast. It is called Top Marks. It's another wrestling podcast called Top Marks. My name is Justin Morissette, and with me once again, as always, is the janitor himself. He's cleaning up the messes of the masses. Josh Custodio. Wow, Justin, nothing to talk about this week. Hey, I guess uh, we'll just uh, open and close the show. Almost nothing happened in our personal lives or the world of wrestling. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, I certainly would. I mean, if there was something major, like, I don't know, uh, the guy who's like the Saudi prince of Saudi Arabia, <laughs> I think his name is Mohammed bin Salman. Now, hang on. Do you actually think that's his name or are you guessing? I know his name is MBS. Oh, okay. Um, Major bullshit to me. You exactly, feel me? Exactly. Exactly. Okay. And I think it's Mohammed bin Salman. I think that's his name. Okay. Uh, if he were to like order some kind of assassination of a U.S. citizen, yes. that, wouldn't, that would probably... Like, that would make our radar, wouldn't it? Uh, that would probably show up on WWE's radar. They would maybe think twice about going and doing a show in Saudi Arabia, wouldn't they? I would like to think that that was true, but uh, I do not I do not share in your optimism that uh, that, that is the case. Uh, what well, a week. Well, thank goodness that didn't happen, and we're just <laughs> dealing entirely in hypotheticals then. <laughs> that is what I love about this show. Uh, Justin, what is this show? What is it? What are we talking about? It Who- is, uh, it's another wrestling podcast, of course. Of course. The internet uh, is littered with them. There are too many, if mm-hmm. we're being honest. How many good ones are there? Only one. Us. Yeah. Yeah, I actually agree. In, in my top three, we're all three of them. Exactly. Uh, for wrestling and then podcasts. something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard is just on the outside looking in. Yeah, they're number four in my top like three. Bruce and Conrad are like waving at us. <laughs> they both. Distantly can outside I get a, the top three. Can I get a Bruce Pritchard uh, impression of uh, saying hello to me from outside of the top three? <laughs> uh, 
Hello, Josh. That was bad. <laughs> that was just your voice. Yeah, yeah, it, was. That was, it was. Here, you want to hear my impression sure, of Bruce? Sure. I'm doing it right now. See, I did the same thing. Just didn't change my voice. <laughs> Justin, what this is? It's a wrestling show. Can I do a Conrad impression? Yeah, yeah. Go All ahead. Right. Hi, Josh. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Conrad. How are you, bud? That's his, that's his big thing, right? His yeah. catchphrase is, how are you? Yeah, it's a good catchphrase <laughs> because uh, it's something that everyone uses all the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people, they want catchphrases that are <clears throat> unique, which, I mean, please, give me a break. What's going on, Josh? How are you? <laughs> you using uh, Conrad's uh, his classic, his classic <laughs> saying. Uh, I've decided to – I don't know if this is a good place to de- – hey, it's my podcast. I guess this is a good place to debut it. I've been trying to debut a new catchphrase in my personal life yeah and uh, do you think maybe i could do it here to have it stick no uh, i think if the people react to it in the right way there's nothing you can't do all right so here's mine hey that's it yeah that's my new my new sort of catchphrase. there's no sort of like drawl or lilt to it that makes it uniquely yours well it's it's the way i say it you know here you try and say my catchphrase yeah, see, it's it's not. I gotta tell you, Jim, I sound great in the headphones today. This is you've done a, a great job live producing. I sound yeah. actually. I feel like I'm gonna maximize how good it sounds here. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk like this. Why would you do that? I just feel like when you got the headphones set up like this, it uh, it makes me want to hear myself in a better way. Push myself to the maximum base. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, there's absolutely nothing different about the tech setup this week relative to any other week. Yeah, like I said, you already know what it is. <laughs> you just feel. You want to like push the the lower depths of of your vocal range. Why are you asking me questions? You already know what it is. That's uh, I've known all along from you, the start, baby. You know exactly <laughs> what it is. Yo, we're sounding real good today. <laughs> Justin, we 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 dodged it. This is a wrestling podcast where every week you and I talk about the one, two, three biggest topics in the world of wrestling. For how long, Justin? A maximum of 15 minutes at a time. 15 minutes at a time, which is the exact length of a WCW television title match. Justin, do you want to know what the three rounds this week are? Oh, we're returning to the three-round format, are yeah, we? Yeah, how do you feel about that? Uh, I like it. Yeah. I, I feel like there's a little more structure this week. There's mm-hmm. a little more to dive into. Unfortunately, well, we'll get to that once you announce what the rounds are. Yes, uh, in the first round, Justin, we're going to review the, the raw half of the Australia show from this weekend, uh, WWE's Super Showdown, uh, which indeed proved to be uh, more like Super Letdown. Okay, hello. That's just, <laughs> oh. just a little joke. More of that later. Uh, then round number two, Justin, I think we're going to tackle uh, King of Pro Wrestling, the New Japan show that happened over the past weekend. Yeah. Uh, which was uh, not a Super Letdown. And then in round number three, Justin, we'll wrap it all up by circling back to Super Showdown, talking about the smack down half of it does that sound good to you yeah and you could consider considering we're doing super showdown at the end yes and super showdown at the beginning yeah in the middle you might call that a super slowdown hey hey this is why you're a professional justin this is why you're on air this is why you're a broadcaster and justin i feel like we have to address a bit of an elephant in the room here oh do we well do you not want to i mean we can do it if you want sure i'll talk about it do you want to give just yes or no answers we can no no i'll talk about it justin you have uh, we're of course talking about uh, the cultural landmark that we have enjoyed now for many years. Venom? Yes. <laughs> 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 because you and I both went and saw Venom. Let's save that for the banter. That'll be in the banter zone. Yeah, if you're dying to hear a, a review of a movie, uh, you can stay tuned after we do the sign-off this week. But no, Justin, you were part of a podcast that I greatly enjoy. Sometimes on the show I pretend I don't know what it is out of jealousy, but it's called Real Good Show. And how long have you guys done the show for? Uh, for about three and a half years, since June of 2015. And how many great episodes have you guys I mean, many, many, many. Well, we've done 100. 164 episodes. That's a lot. 
Uh, and that's just the freebies. Plus, there were two bonus wrestling episodes. Plus, there's probably been, I would say, like close to 50 Patreon-exclusive episodes. Sure. So, so in total, you know, pushing like uh, 210, maybe more. Hundreds and hundreds of hours of content. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, you announced last week, on, or rather last night on Twitter, uh, I get out of Venom to see that a Real Good Show is ending. And I feel like we have a crossover audience here. We won't linger on it too much. If you're just tuning in and this is new to you, we will be moving on to the wrestling shorter. But it's an elephant in the room. And Jim, how are you feeling today? Uh, it's weird. It's been a kind of a staple of my life and... Uh, you know, uh, uh, something to look forward to doing every single week and, mm-hmm. and something for people, I think, to look forward to listening to every week as Definitely well. Definitely true. Uh, and, you know, I was in kind of a really bad spot when we started doing the show. Mm-hmm. And it's been almost like a, a diary of my life progressing of to course. where I'm at now. For better and worse in some situations. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I'm a little worse off than I was in, in, in regards to uh, the romance element of my life. Oh, well. But uh, I'm a little better off maybe professionally. That's arguable, though. We'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure. Uh, But the show show is not ending. It is not over. Right. Uh, And and I will keep it going uh, under the same name and on the same feed uh, by myself. Uh, Unfortunately, my two podcast co-hosts have had enough of me. And, and are, are deciding that, that no more for them. The oh. journey is over. What if you get there with me in the future? I'm nervous. I don't, I don't think I would, though. You know, sometimes like uh, uh, one of your guy friends will like break up, and then it seems like spread throughout the friend group in a way. Yeah, yeah. I'm very nervous that you're going to show up here and be like, I'm fed up, Josh. I'm done with this. Oh, I, I don't think I, we've never argued about anything. I don't. I, I, I feel like this is... Uh, Actually, we've had, we've had one argument ever. Have we? Yeah. What did we argue I'm about? I'm not going to talk about what it was on the air. Oh, right, of course. Yeah, that's uh, that's for the bonus episodes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's for a uh, bonus episode where we sit down with a therapist. The same <laughs> therapist, Dr. Shelby, in fact, is going to work through... The unnamed conflict that Josh and I, the one <laughs> conflict we've had in the entire length of our uh, friendship. Our no. fruitful friendship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the show is going to continue, and it will have the same name, and I will still be the host of it. And it's going to just be a weekly kind of uh, long-form, one-on-one interview show. Okay. Uh, and I'm excited for the future of it. Fantastic. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm very sad at the end of what has been a wonderful journey that has provided some of the biggest laughs that I've ever enjoyed in my entire life. And as a listener to Real Good Show, I also echo that. Some of the huge laughs. Um, so th- that's obviously a very bittersweet moment. But uh, I, th- I think professionally, for me to take the next step as a radio host, I have to get to a point where I'm comfortable doing these things by myself. Because right. Because that is what is going to be required of me if I am given the opportunity to do that. Um, so I'm excited to kind of get that training in week after week and, and get those reps and, and try to grow professionally. Uh, and I hope that the people who've been along for the ride all this time will want to stick around and hear what I do. I have a feeling they might. Because I think you're going to enjoy it. I think that the people that I bring in are going to be, uh, relatively you know high profile and and uh cool interesting guests Mm -hmm. and i think you have a lot to look forward to i am looking forward to it and i think there might be some wrestling content on there every so often as well well. hang on a second hang on you can't do another podcast with wrestling content i think i think in because i want to keep it topical i want to do interviews based on 
sports, What's but also pop culture. And I think that like a moment like right now, uh, where the sure. WWE is taking you know fifty to a hundred million in dollars from the Saudi royals every year on a ten-year deal. <laughs> That's a $1 billion deal over a decade. That's crazy. And there is a lot of meat on that bone. That is a culturally relevant moment. And if I could talk to someone like Brian Quinby from Street Fight. Sure. Or, you know, our friend Rob Russo. Rob would know, yeah. For a good 20 to 40 minutes on that topic, I think people would be interested to hear that. Fantastic. And I think think they absolutely will. So so that is uh, the future of Real Good Show. And uh, there's obviously not anything to do with this show this show is going to continue exactly as it always has we have a lot of fun you know and you know what i was saying this last week man after i had to do a one-on-one show with stefan and john wasn't there for it i felt like nervous and weird and yet you and i do a one-on-one show every single week and i am like so relaxed and comfortable and always feel like i am like my true self on oh, this show. What a nice thing to say. Uh, Maybe it's because I'm nervous and weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just feel like pressure to come up with like comedy. Right. Whereas like when I'm with you, comedy just happens. Well, I think it's because uh, we have a good uh, back. But I mean, you have. I don't want any of this to come across as like any shade to real good show because I think you guys had amazing, mm. amazing chemistry. I think it's a. I, here, I, can I can I say something really go home with real good show Absolutely. here for a second? I think you can make claim to being a top three most popular Vancouver podcast ever. I think you have like a very fledgling community under you. I personally have met one of my dear friends, Marlon the Man, only because of your guys' show. I think in a way... Our friendship is probably born out of doing the show in some ways as well. Certainly that and Twitter is, you know, those are married together. So I think uh, not very many shows, and I know it's not ending, so I don't want to say go out on top as like a, you know, oh, it's ending. But this is this is not the closing of the book, but it is certainly the ending of a chapter. It's a great way of saying it. And, and how many shows, I think, I'm saying this as a listener, a lot of shows you can sort of feel that it was dwindling or getting less. I don't think your show had that. I think I think it was like people were genuinely caught by surprise, myself included, because it felt, it felt like it was still cooking along, right? So I think... You might, given the benefit of hindsight, that chapter might age super duper well. And, you know, a lot of it's evergreen. So well worth a listen if you haven't ever visited Real Good Show before. At Real Good Show on Twitter. And you can subscribe and all that fun stuff. I think uh, I think the summer of Sheldon killed the show. What? Really? In that it was so good. And it was great. I am so proud of what we did uh, with those young Sheldon episodes behind mm-hmm. the paywall. But, but it was so radically different from what we were doing week to week also right that it really brought to the foreground like how stagnant maybe the main show had become if doing something altogether different made me and I think the the other guys as well feel like we were back in the zone of of having that energy that we had when we started that makes some sense but no, I'd be a bad co-host here if I didn't just ask why not just find something else to do with the three of you that's then? probably true yeah <laughs> But uh, those Sheldon episodes are something too. And but I just, you know, that's I think I think the fact that it didn't need to end right now is also a good reason why it should. That's a great way of putting it, and that happens in wrestling not often enough, by the way, too. Uh, all the best retirements. So uh, thank you, Justin Morissette, for making yeah. sure that we were all real good and real good week to week. And, and I look forward to luring Stefan and John out of retirement with a ten million dollar Saudi payday <laughs> in about oh, I don't know. 
eight and a half, ten years or so. <laughs> just on this, like, royal-looking couch looking onwards. Exactly. A just a bunch of people in, like, robes hustling and bustling in the crowd <laughs> on their phones, not paying any attention to anything that's happening. Oh, man. we, we Well, I mean, we are going to talk about that, and we'll talk about way more wrestling. So let's get started in with round, round number one. Round one. Fight. <laughs> Justin, have you ever been to Australia? Never in my life. Me neither. W- would you like to go one day? Yeah, I think it would be fun. I, uh, a bunch of friends of mine went down there for like a six-month stretch oh. in their like mid-twenties. <laughs> Sounds about right. And like lived out of a car. Yeah, in Bondi Beach probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> They would like go into like the restroom at the beach and like use that as like Ugh. the shower spot and Sounds brush horrible. their teeth. And they just sleep in a car together, three guys in one car. Oh, that sounds like a good way to live your life. Yeah. But I bet they came back spiritually awakened, so that's good. Uh, yeah, it was like the Final Fantasy movie. <laughs> <laughs> they uncovered the spirits within. <laughs> <laughs> you broke me. Um, what a weird <laughs> reference to Paul. <laughs> thought about Final Fantasy Spirits Within in, like, since 2004. Where did you pull that from? I don't know. Oh, this is going to be something. You know who's thought about it? The guy who was, like, the president of Squaresoft at the time. (laughs) Yeah. He probably hasn't thought about anything else for 20 years. I'm going to say there's no way that guy is still the president of Squaresoft (laughs) after releasing that movie. Did you know I saw that movie? I saw it in theaters. So did I. Yeah. Not a good movie. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Not one thing. Not a good movie. Not good. But, Justin, speaking of not good, wow, this uh, this WWE show on, uh, I guess, Saturday night our time. Or, uh, Strong segue. Was you it? You really got it back on track there. Did oh, I? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was it Was it actually good, or are you joshing mm-hmm. me? No, it was good. Okay. that's. I felt like it. I mean, it's sort of yeah, ruined For now. a little while there. Yeah, this is <laughs> this is kind of like, I mean, we haven't got there yet. Yeah. But when we talk about King of Pro Wrestling in the next round, yes. this is a bit like the death of Strong Segue <laughs> that we're, we're witnessing right now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's uh, if there's one thing I can do, it's a uh, broadcast, <laughs> so, and you can see that on full display on the show. Justin, mm. uh, overall, I, I'm just going to get this out of the way. I, I didn't greatly enjoy uh, the WWE's venture into Australia this past weekend. No, um, it, it, we can break this down on match by match basis. But uh, can we say before we get into the nitty gritty, would you say that? We kind of have a firm idea of what these shows look like, these network events, these Greatest Royal Rumbles. Yeah, man, these... and they really tricked me this time. <laughs> I, <laughs> me too. I wanted to give it a shot. I was, like, feeling excited for the show. We were going to watch it in the morning. We were going to go for brunch and then watch it at your place afterwards with a bunch of boys. How good was that brunch? Enjoy some cocktails. It's going to be a hell of a day. It was. And unfortunately, I had to leave for work halfway through the show. <laughs> that did happen. Uh, and, and, yeah, and the show itself... I didn't feel I felt more guilty about having to leave the like bro the hang, hang yeah. than leave the show because the show was nothing. It, and I went yeah. back and watched most of it after yep. the fact. And like there are only two matches on this show where it feels like the guys involved are really going. Yeah, I, I and would. You agree. might even narrow it down to one because I know you have a controversial take coming up. That's here. right. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, you want to pitch me a match here, JMO? Yeah, it begins with. I guess we're doing the raw side first. Yeah, it's, I think it's the tag match of. Is was that the opener? Yeah, Cena Lashley and Cena Lashley and KO and Elias. Correct is the first raw match on the card. Absolutely, and a great promo 
from Elias. The opening was fun to this, I thought. Yeah. And, the, and I think the pairing of, of Owens and Elias continues to be, or at least I suppose it's over now after Raw's events. I guess we can touch on it here. Kevin Owens injured. Uh, out they're, for They're just two great guys. <laughs> and honestly, like that, get, that was getting funnier to me every yeah. time he says it. Uh, so it's sad that he is out. And yeah, uh, the original word was that Owens is only going to be out for a very short time. Okay. And then uh, the word today was they hadn't – It was he's going in for, like, orthoscopic surgery. What is that? It's like they open up the knee and fucking poke around at oh, it and so shit. Pretty serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And, as soon as they're poking around. And, and until, <laughs> until they uh, get in and look at it and see the severity of the damage, it's impossible to say how long he's going to be out. If it's not as bad as expected – He's still out like a minimum of four months. Okay. And if it is as bad as they fear, he'll be out for eight months. I, I know that we're getting off topic already here, but uh, this segment on Monday Night Raw, the follow-up from this match. Uh, Double turn. Are you taking it as such? Because I think Bobby Lashley is undeniably heel now, right? Absolutely. Leo Rush uh, was definitely pushing that as hard as possible. These pairings, this pairing of Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley as heels, we more into this? Less into yeah. This? Yeah, I, man. I, I like it. I think it's a good direction. I think Leo is really going to shine as a heel manager. Yep. And uh, from listening to what John Pollock said this week, he said that somebody in the company had reached out to him and said that Bobby Lashley had wanted to turn heel for a while, that the writers had wanted to turn heel for a while. This is like the confluence of kind of everyone getting their wish all at one go. And if Owens is no longer on the show, then there is an opening on the heel side of Raw That's as well. Right. And look, like Bobby Lashley as a babyface has not really worked. It- it, it's gotten better with the Rush pairing, I feel like, but but as heels, I just think. I mean, the, the Lashley we like, you can go listen to this show last mm-hmm. year reviewing TNA. It's a heel Lashley, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I honestly have done quite a 180 here. I think kind of sky's the limit for this act as heels of uh, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley. I think I think they could really do something here. You sort of share, do you sort of share in that sentiment? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. So this match is... Uh, Basically nothing. Yeah, uh, I was this. I said going in, I think I'm looking forward to this match more than anything. I, I think I said something similar. It ran 10:05. Okay, and I couldn't really point out a single moment from it other than the finish, which was the debut of John Cena's karate punch. Yeah, the Shadier Swanteau. Yeah, uh, as it were. Uh, I think we, we probably do just have to talk about this move for those of you who have not seen it. John Cena infamously has these five moves of doom: the the pickup, the shoulder bump, shoulder bump, five knuckle shuffle, AA. He has added a sixth move of doom. Commentary said this aloud, and John Cena himself yeah. has always said this. Do you think this is like a funny acknowledgement? Or is I it- don't know, man. Cole exclaiming the sixth move of doom as he did it was a little bit on the nose for me. It felt a bit like Steph McMahon doing the yes chant to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, uh, please don't. Uh, I hate but this Cena move. Corey Graves nailing the Asian pronunciation of the move. Are you saying I didn't just yeah, nail well, it you there? you did it also. Thank you very much. But Corey on commentary, I thought, sold this very well. The problem with the move is... We didn't get to see it when they <laughs> when he did it. The camera blocking was all wrong. The, the camera work all over the show was a nightmare. I'm just need to just be sad. Yeah. Uh, do you like this move? Uh, not as like the super finisher. I hate it. Yeah. I hate this move. I think it's so stupid. It really does push. And I know it's hard to say. It pushes the limits of believability when another move in his sequence of doom is the five knuckle shuffle. Mm. But. It wasn't great. I, am I dumb in saying that the five knuckle shuffle 
uh, involves less of me suspending my disbelief than this punch. Is that an insane thing to say? Um, no, I don't think so. Why does he charge up? <laughs> because he's he's <laughs> fueling his internal energies. Because I think he's the trans- finding the spirits within. The translate. <laughs> <laughs> What do you do? <laughs> I, I think the translation is apparently lightning fast. Just okay. this idea of him, the charge up, and then it's I, – I legitimately feel bad for guys who have to sell to this like yeah. they're dead. It's, and also, like, it's like Iron Fist, too, you know? You watch that Iron yeah. Fist show on Netflix? Yes. It's well, like, I don't, but like, yeah. like, man, why is, the, why is this a white guy doing this, you know? There's also that. Like, I know <laughs> John lives in China. What else is st- – okay, we need to get some credit here. Bobby Lashley, I legitimately can't remember if it's Elias or Owens, but he does a, a spear while the other guy's midair right now. I, th- I think part of the reason this match was so nothing is that Owens just – couldn't work like the injury well, was well not only owens neither could cena cena, yeah. cena didn't bump once throughout the entire match yeah he did literally just walking around did the sequence did the the punch and uh the the shoddy yay swan toe yeah. i wrote it out phonetically uh <laughs> as we were watching it on saturday so that i could say it on the show well, well done sir that's just a little bit of research no big deal yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good broadcaster commendable effort yeah, yeah you know it's just kind of the things i do but uh, i don't like this i i understand that cena needs to rehab a finisher because the aa is like to a point where I know Corbin got pinned by just one at SummerSlam, but mm. I, I feel, or maybe not at SummerSlam, maybe before that, but people never uh, get pinned but by the first one. You know how you do that? Just give them a different move? No, you just make the move powerful again. Right, you have guys pinned like, in one. Like yeah. guys were kicking out of F5s, yeah, that's and then true. they stopped kicking out of F5s. It's a great point. Yeah, that's exactly right. So, uh, yeah, this match did very little for me besides the opening where I thought Owens was, you know, shown. Oh, also, great consistency in Owens' character is that he loves Elias's, like, he always is, like, legitimately looking forward to Elias's song. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of over on SmackDown. When yeah, he, when like, he was with... Uh, he loved uh, Aiden singing. Exactly. Theater, he's, like, going, so, like, I was thinking the exact same thing the first time I saw those two guys paired together, so it's thank so, you for that. Yeah, it's so good, right? Like, that yeah. Owens is just this appreciator of music. Well, that, and it's also this thing that, like, Kevin Owens is one of the few characters who seems to drift from one element of the show to the next. You in know? what way? In that, like, he can coalesce with, like, all of the different heels on the show. Mm. If he was just to appear in a yeah. segment talking to someone, it would not be out of the ordinary. Yep. Whereas, like, so many people seem like they are in their tier or, like, locked into their feud or story. Correct. And they do not intermingle with anything else that is happening. And Owen seems to intermingle with everything around him. I almost hate to trespass into this territory, but this is a, a Vince Russo talking We've talked part. about this before. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll summarize it again for maybe some new listeners quickly. Basically, the more the show is bleeding together, the better it's going to be. When you have people who are lower tiers, you put it sort of interacting with upper tier people. And then you find new pairings. Exactly. That you wouldn't have discovered otherwise. It's and and it's you're right. Owens can do that, and again, I think that's just a giant credit to Kevin Owens, a man who literally can do it all in wrestling. And I hope that this is a babyface turn for him. Uh, obviously, it, that it was has to be, man. He he did <laughs> he did the stunner yep. into what was going to be a moonsault before Leo Rush stopped him from doing the moonsault. That alone, that one sequence, when if you even if you ignore him playing to the crowd or other babyface moves that he did throughout the match. 
that one sequence is undeniably babyface. There's no question that in that match, Kevin Owens is a babyface. I'm just hoping they can see that, and when he returns, give him this return push as a babyface. Well, it seems like a no-brainer. You'd hope that they would have learned the lesson of Seth's return, right? Like, do not fight against the crowd. This is what they want. That, I, you couldn't have put it any better. That's the exact comparison point. We'll skip forward to the six-woman tag match. Ronda Rousey oh. and the Bella Twins defeat the Riot Squad. Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan via submission in another 10.05 match, the exact same length as the one we just talked about. I've been very complimentary of Ronda Rousey on this show. I, I thought she was good in this match also. Mm-hmm. That double arm bar that ended it just looks awful. Uh, it's the, the both of the, I think it's Sarah Logan and Liv Morgan. I could be mistaken about the two that it's on, but and like with both of the arms, like you can see that they're bent at the elbow mm-hmm. the way your arm does twist. It, I thought this just looked terrible, like, a bad choice. And there's another six-person tag match coming up here in a second that we're going to talk about. And again, it seems like you did not need to watch this show at all because they repeated both of these matches on Raw, and the actual angle coming out of them was not on this show. Exactly. It was on Raw. Well, in this, I I don't mean to take your point here, but that's exactly what I was going to say about the importance of these shows. The Bella's turn happened on the Monday. Yeah. Like, that's that's where the things are going Dean walking out on the shield. Yeah. Happened on the Monday. Like, what are we doing here? What, what do you think of this? Well, we, I guess we'll talk about the fallout here also. The Bellas, finally, obviously, they turn. Well, I guess Bree's done on SmackDown then because well, she can't be side-by-side side with Daniel Bryan and also playing this character on Raw. But is she also done on Raw? Because the match is Nikki versus Ronda. Yeah. I, I don't get that. But I, she seemed to lead the turn and was, like, kicking that's her and right. shit. Uh, I actually I don't know how this isn't a handicap match. Ronda seems so built to be the sort of person who gets a handicap match on a pay per view where it's both Bellas and it ends with that double arm bar. Like yeah. I'd be almost surprised if they don't change the booking to that. What was like we a no DQ match? Something like or or just a true blue handicap match. Ryback got them all the time. Like, That's you're, true. You tell me Ronda Rousey couldn't get a two v one and like crush the Bella twins. Do do you think Nikki Bella versus Ronda can can Ronda really feasibly sell even for Nikki Bella in that match? Uh. I don't think Rick. I almost called her Ricky Bella. I don't think. I don't think Nikki is like uh, a shitty name that would be. I had Ronda Rousey double R's on the, on right. the brain. I don't think Nikki is like a terrible ring worker. Like she's no, she's not bad at all. It's the character work. She and if she's trying to play a baby face, which is what we've been subjected to for a long time now. Yeah, it doesn't ever work. No, uh, but if she's a heel, she's great. So I think there is going to be. Some good stuff here. Do she, I, she just do doesn't I, seem like an equal to Ronda. No, she doesn't. Like, in no way. But it also feels like the present Barry in the past. Yeah, and yeah. that's not the worst thing either. You yeah. know what? Actually, I hadn't considered that angle. If I am going to sh- sit here and bitch about when they bring people, I'll get to plenty of old people ruining things in the main event. So you, <laughs> you know what? Actually, maybe I should embrace that a little bit. They have brought back someone from the past who's a draw, and someone who's currently on the roster is going to squash them. So, so maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe I should look at it that way. Do we want to save uh, the cruiserweight championship for the SmackDown side? Yeah, let's do that because we're running out of time here. Yeah. Uh, Shield six-man tag match: Dean Ambrose, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins defeat Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre in 1940. The Raw match was better. Yeah, I, I thought this under-delivered. Uh, a, a, uh, it was very similar to the beginning and middle sections of the house show match that I saw the week before. I'm not surprised to Different hear that. Different finish, obviously. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I thought that this was a, a prime example of what you're going to get on these shows, where it's like, these are six guys who I am interested in wrestling each other, but they know the actual things happening on Monday, and they're just this is this is them practicing for that. No one was going all that hard. I, I thought this was sort of lackluster. 
Yeah. But by this point in the show, I was mostly checked out and heavily day drinking. So And uh, also, you know, they had to get on a plane and go do this exact same match on the other side of the world, like, not even however many hours later. Bingo. Uh, and they did it better after being on a plane all that time. <laughs> I don't know anyone who could question We've that. We've gone past 15 minutes, but why not a little overtime in round one today? Because sure. I don't know that we're going to go the full 15 on King of Pro Wrestling. No. Uh, the main event. Triple H with Shawn Michaels defeated The Undertaker with Kane in a no disqualification match that went 27-35. If you, if you, and we have gotten these comments before where people have been like, Josh, you're, you know, you're a little too hard on Triple H. He's a good worker. He can get good matches out of these guys. Where are you now, bitch? You're going to watch that and see what this guy booking WWE in 2018 looks like. He's going to pin The Undertaker. He's going to have the longest match on the card. And guess what? They're going to keep this feud going. I, there were botches all over the place here. I saw some people saying, you know, I appreciated this for nostalgia. I'm not trying to take that away from you. I, I think just I, I, there was nothing about this I liked. I, I thought HBK even looked sloppy. It was three minutes and 50 seconds longer than AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. It but was the, longer than AJ Joe? Yeah. I mean, what? what 27.35 versus 23.45. I mean, what, what do you want me to say? Do you think there's a universe where that, that AJ Joe should have gone shorter than Triple no, H under? absolutely not. Like, and look, we've hammered this point multiple times. The problem with this is not that Triple H is working or that Undertaker is working or that Shawn Michaels is working or that Kane is working. It's that all these fucking old guys are working together yep. with each other. So not only is there no benefit to anyone who's actually on the television long term once these guys disappear. None. But there's nobody in this match that can actually work at this point in their careers either. It, like it, it made me think less about the HBK return. Yeah. I was like, maybe he can't still go. I mean, you nailed it on last week's show. You really did. You were like, Triple H and Undertaker working together is not going to be good. And I mean, what a slow, slow. How many, how many old schools can you hit? I mean, and also just, like, what is the booking benefit to Triple H winning this match? I don't know. You, you'd have to ask someone who knows. I, I, I guess the DX reunion that we caught on Monday, which Triple H <laughs> had no problem jobbing to John Cena in the opener of fucking Greatest Royal Rumble. I hadn't even thought of that. Yeah, Undertaker yeah, is still not at the. This is the end stage. He still has. One final mania, maybe, or maybe two, who fucking knows, left in him. Maybe three. So, so if you want to keep him strong, why are you booking him in this loss? It, None it, of it made any sense. It's making me actively like The Undertaker less. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what this is doing. And I, that we're getting the D. Like the, so, what is Taker and Kane, they're going to pin Triple H and Shawn Michaels in Saudi Arabia? 50 50 booking? I, I, oh, truth be told, I haven't really thought about it. I guess that seems most or likely. Shawn right? Michaels pin Kane. I could, you know what? You could see that happening, too, because they're going to have the DX reunion and then have them lose. I don't yeah. know. Who cares, man? I yeah. don't care. No, ultimately, who cares? Like, and you could tell that they learned their lesson on Raw this week by putting the Michaels Triple H segment at the open of the show, yep. which still was not Triple H's promo was nonsense. Well, I, I was barely well, paying attention. You climb up a mountain for 15 years and you get to the plateau uh. and... Suddenly, the top of the mountain ain't what they told you it was. What the <laughs> fuck are you talking about? What are you talking about? <laughs> JMO, what is he talking about? But I can tell you what we're talking about, JMO. What are we talking about? The king of pro wrestling. And we'll do it in round, round number two. two. Round two. Fight. Oh. Oh. 
All right, Josh, I'm just going to come out and say it. Okay, say it. I haven't seen this show. That's okay. You said it. I have not seen a single second of New Japan Pro Wrestling's King of Pro Wrestling, which before we dive into the card, and you're going to tell me all about it. Sure. What do you think of King of Pro Wrestling as the name of a show? Justin, I am... Seems like it's talking about a man, but in (laughs) fact, it's a show. I am so glad you asked, because (laughs) let me tell you. It might be my favorite name for a show. Really? I love it. It's so stupid. It's yeah. just like, ah, I cannot wait to watch King of Pro Wrestling. It's like, who's that? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what, what do you mean? At uh, least, like, King of the Ring was the name of the tournament. <laughs> right. And so if you won the tournament, that's what you were. There's no tournament here. I just Nobody's th- walking out at the end of the night <laughs> as the King of Pro Wrestling. Is there some sort of, like, unspoken rule that, like, if you're still holding the IWGP belt at the end of King of Pro Wrestling, you, in fact, you are, are the king? I, I, what do you think of the name? Uh, it's, it's extremely Japanese. Yeah, I guess there's, there's something yeah. to that. It, it has some of the sort of like wonkiness that I dig about Great Balls of Fire, I guess. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, Why did you name it this? Like exactly. the, the the syntax is awful. It's like, can't wait to watch Great Balls of Fire. It's like, what what is that? Yeah. Uh, and I feel like this has the same. So I'm glad so, you asked that. I like it a great deal. For the final five matches on this show are very, very good and definitely worth uh, seeking out. Okay. But uh, we're going to start... At the beginning. Okay. I, I only watched the from the LIJ introduction of the new member forward. I think it's uh, called okay. four matches. But okay. So you did not see Suzuki-Goon being El Desperado and Yoshinobu Kanemaru defeating Jushin Thunder Liger and Tiger Mask in 951 for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. I can easily imagine that being pretty good, but no, I certainly did not. And you did not see Great Bash Heel, which is Togi Makabe and Tomoaki Hanma defeating Taguchi Japan, which was Juice Robinson and Toa Hanare. In a tag team match that lasted 10 minutes and 20 seconds? You didn't see that either? Well, uh, you know, Justin, is uh, good as that. Listen, do you when you take in a New Japan card, and I'd be interested to know mm. the listeners' takes on this. You can always let us know at Top Marks Pod on Twitter. Do you watch the bottom half tag matches on New Japan it shows? De- it depends. If it's, a sh- if it's a show that starts at a relatively early hour. Yeah, if it's like one of the 11 or midnight ones all yeah, the time. Or even yeah. like 1231. Mm. I might still watch the undercard until we get to what's good if I can stay awake that long. Sure. Um, obviously, I didn't watch a single second of this show. I very seldom watch the the openings. And I think this is – and I don't get the sense I'm alone. And I think a lot of New Japan's goodwill comes from that. I really do. So you also didn't watch Bullet Club OG, <laughs> which is Bad Luck Fale, Tamatanga, Tangaloa, and Taiji Ishimori defeating Bullet Club Elite, which is Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Hangman Page, and Chase Owens. And I would imagine that our man Chase Owens – Took the pinfall in this one. They lost Bullet Club OGs there? Uh, yes. Interesting. They did. Okay. No, Bullet Club Elite lost. Oh, yeah, that, that makes sense because the OGs run in later. But and Chase Owens was an elite, so he would have taken the pin. Right, of course. Uh, and this lasted 12.06. Well, I'm glad Chase Owens took the pin, and I hope he's listening. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I, I not only did I not watch that match, I won't ever watch that combination of people wrestle one another <laughs> if I can help it. Uh, All right. Well, in match number Are you telling me I could have gotten Fale Owens in ring together? You Lord sure almighty. Could. Hey, Fale's dropped a lot of weight. He's looking good. He's looking svelte. Hey, good for you, bad luck. Uh, he's almost good luck, Fale, at this point. Okay. How about yeah. good luck, Fale? There yeah, go. there we go. Come on. There we go. Whoa. <laughs> good luck, Fale, is uh, it's a guy who does intergender wrestling, <laughs> and then every woman that he wrestles goes on to meet their husband immediately after their match. Yeah, I cannot yeah. wait for the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Starring a very heavy set Dane Cook. <laughs> and a very jacked Bad Luck Falling. Exactly. Of exactly. Uh, match number four Chaos. 
Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroko Goto, and uh, Goto, sorry, and yeah. Will Ospreay defeated Suzuki Goon, Minoru Suzuki, Taichi, and Takashi Izuka. I did not watch this match either. All right. Well, I'm sorry. We're finally getting into the stuff that you did watch. Well, good thing we we went over I all the think. others. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm just letting people know what happened. No, I think it's the right call. Yeah. Uh, Los Ingobernables de yes. Japan. Yeah. Tetsuya Naito, Sonata, Bushi, and their latest member, Shingo! Oh. Takage! <laughs> Good Defeated <bit>. Chaos, <laughs> which was Okada, Toroyanu, uh, yo and show. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So uh, for those of you who may not seen, right before the start of this match, uh, Naito gets on the mic and he says what I presume is, uh, here comes our new guy. Mm-hmm. And indeed, it is Shingo Tagaji. Is this someone you have any passing working knowledge with, Jamo? Uh Not really, but I did hear the rumors before in the okay. lead up to this show that he was going to be the new guy. So maybe and he's like from Dragon Gate, right? Yeah. So from what I understand, he was Dragon Gate's top guy last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I think uh, Michael J. Foist, one of our listeners, is somebody who would know a little bit more about this than me. But uh, I've never followed Dragon Gate, but now with Neville there, I'd probably go out of my way to try and watch at least his match there. Um, I thought this guy has a good look. He fit in instantly with L.I.J. You saw a picture of him with them, I assume. Yeah. His sitting cross-legged sort of in front in the pose, I thought, like, adds to their sort of general uh, vibe a great deal. It seems like he just understands what L.I.J. is, and so he fits in. From what I understand, and again, please correct me if these were some of the rumors you heard, he's somebody that uh, Naito's very high on just in general. Like, he, he gets along with him well, he thinks the world of him, and he sort of wanted him in L.I.J. Is that what the rumors were saying I, beforehand? I think so, yeah. And, like, you know, everybody was saying crazy things like, oh, it's going to be Ryback. Yeah, Ryback I mean, will be the new member of LIJ. Yeah, I mean, you, you can go back to the show two weeks ago and hear both of our prediction, which is it will probably be a Japanese guy neither of us have ever heard of who will work the junior heavyweight division while Hiromu's out. And, exactly. Uh, yo, fellas, look who was here was the hashtag good friends <laughs> with another bang on prediction. His teeth are scary, man. This guy is frightening. He fits into LIJ, wouldn't you say? I would say so, yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm sorry to just, you know, you know, sort of mark out here for a second, but are LIJ the coolest thing in wrestling? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. This is what I said last week. Yeah. Every single part of that casino oh. scotch drinking oh, video man. that they put out, it's like, these are the coolest guys I've ever seen. I just tweeted Everyone out. Everyone cooler than the last. <laughs> I just tweeted out a photo of Naito in uh, sitting there sipping the whiskey at the front of that casino thing, and I said, big mood. And listener of the show, Scoots Brodo, said... I would have watched a feature-length film just of them in the casino. And I was like, I yeah. fully agree. Yeah, dude, absolutely. Uh, and Talking then, about who their new Pareja is or whatever, <laughs> whatever. however you say that. Uh, I will just say, I thought this was a great tag match. Uh, obviously just made to get uh, Shinjo Tagaji over and sort of introduce him. He got a lot of shine in this match. But I thought it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, his mo- his finishers called The Last Falconry, as the English commentary called it. It looks great. Uh, I was excited and I feel optimistic about the future of LIJ. But it did also get me thinking... Hiromu's going to feel like a big return, isn't he? Yeah, big time. It's He's going to be out for like the better part of a year by the time he comes back. And we'll touch on this a bit more later, but it definitely seems like New Japan is going a little bit more angle-heavy than they used to. So who knows? Maybe Hiromu's return plays into a little bit of sort of uh, factional unrest. Uh, lots to look forward to here. Thought this was a good match. Uh, next on the show, we have... 
Evil versus Zack Sabre Jr., which ended in a no contest because after Evil was attacked by <laughs> the, the returning Chris Jericho. It's almost a meme at this point. Like he's just like showing up in matches, causing mayhem. But we, you could have expected this. Evil has long been rumored to be his next uh, yes. opponent. Uh, that he's just working his way through LIJ because look. Full credit to Chris Jericho. He has recognized the fact that he does not have a lot of time left yep. in this wrestling game to make his mark, to seal his legend as one of the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. And if you do not have a lot of time left, then you're going to do exactly what he's doing, which is say, fuck Vince McMahon. Like, I am sick of just, like, tippy-toeing around this guy's desires. I'm going to do what I think I want to do. Pedal to the metal. And I want to work with the coolest people in the world. Yeah. And is that not LIJ? We just said it is. It's So his targets have been perfect. He picked Kenny first and then moved on to LIJ. And he's been bang on correct with that. My only question is, who's he going to work with when he goes to Impact? Do you think he goes to Impact? I think he does, man. Dude, I feel like Impact can only hurt him. I'm not even joking. Yeah. I-, I feel like there's just a stink to Impact. I don't know, dude. I think if he worked a program with, like, who's Sammy Callahan, eh. Babyface Jericho versus Sammy Callahan, or keep the heel Jericho thing going against, like, Eddie Edwards. Him and Edwards feels lame to me. Just because Edwards isn't, like, he's not a star. He's a good talker. I guess, yeah, but, like, like, I don't want to see, like, Jericho versus Brian Cage, probably. No, but I I feel like Jericho's just above everyone in that company. Maybe. Does Jericho not just feel like he would suck up all of the oxygen in Impact? I I I get what you're saying. But, like, Don Callis is a good buddy, and it sounds like he's going to do it. So, what would he do there? The, I guess here's the problem, is that Austin Aries is already running like the belt collector thing mm-hmm. in, in Impact, which I still call TNA all the time. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Yeah, I guess it could work. I just feel like I'm not going out of my way to watch Chris Jericho on Impact, and I wonder how many people are. Yeah, that's fair. But regardless, the only thing I'll say, because this match is not a ton to talk about. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that being on Impact is going to be the thing that cements his legend. <laughs> but guess. it is definitely part of the, like... Vince McMahon's wishes be damned. I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. Definitely true. Uh, I just, the only thing I could think of was you think of Cruiserweight Chris Jericho, WCW, even early uh, mm-hmm. WWE run in terms of his in ring style. Just seeing him sort of cross paths with Zack Sabre Jr. in this, I was like, oh, I wouldn't mind seeing that. Like, think of all of the reversals from the Lion Tamer that, that uh, Zack Sabre Jr. would have. I, I, that's where my mind was during this run in, but nice to see Chris once again. Are you looking forward to this match with Evil or no? I am. I I am looking forward to Chris Jericho working his way through LIJ. Definitely. Uh, The match, listen, the match is going to be what the match is going to be. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I don't have the most faith in Chris Jericho versus Evil. I like Evil, though. I know you don't. I don't dislike Evil. It's just when he's tagging with Sonata, I feel like Sonata's just Sonata's, of course, the guy. He's, like, like, incredibly handsome and an amazing worker. Well, it's so athletic, right? Like, and and Evil feels, but but I get what you mean. But, like, what has Jericho's whole thing been in New Japan, that he is a brute, that he is working yeah. like hardcore, that he is yep. incorporating weapons. True. I think it to go against a, a bigger guy That's like Evil, uh, who can k- kind of work a more, you know, Hoss Brawly. style. Yeah, yeah, yeah is going to be a good fit for this version of Jericho. Yeah, I, I don't think that's... Like, I don't think the two of them are going to put on any show stealers, but but it makes sense as a feud. In a singles match for the vacant IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship title, a match that ran 18-33, Kushida defeated Marty Skrull. 
so I know it's a very like common talking point. On, our guy Aubrey Sitterson is had, makes this point all the time. Our guy is if he's a close friend of ours, but someone whose opinion we take seriously. He's very big on this, and I see a lot of it that Kushida is like the underrated wrestler on earth right now. And I'm sort of always like, ah, yeah, he's he's good. I thought this match was just fantastic. I, I absolutely loved it. The the sort of story of the match is because she just trying to keep it on the feet, but has like studied Marty Skrull enough that he has just like counters on counters on counters. These guys go into you know those pinfall sequences where they're both on the ground just like swapping. They're yeah. the one where like they go all over the ring for this. I'm wondering if Marty Skrull is steering into like Seth Rollins territory in terms of like the story of a lot of his matches is attacking the wrist and hand now, which makes sense given the finger break spot and the stomps and obviously the cross-face chicken wing as a finisher. Mm-hmm. But I do, I am starting to get the sense it's like, okay, I've seen this story a lot. I would like to see something different from Marty Skrull. That said, he hits a rolling elbow in this match that looks just incredible. And the way Kushida gets out of the cross-face uh, chicken wing attempts, just with constant reversals, really, really, really fun match that doesn't overstay its welcome. And uh, you're happy probably in that Marty is not the champion and, yeah. and maybe gets to do other things. Yeah, I, I think that I don't think Marty's getting called up to the, the heavyweight division, but like he he could get called coming for, for anywhere on earth right now. It sounds like a lot of the Bullet Club guys aren't taking any bookings and there's like rumors of all in two like running like mm-hmm. all in having multiple things next year. Yeah, so. all in two and three, one in LA, one in Chicago. That's right, yeah. Memorial Day and Labor Day. Would you go to the LA one? Uh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, what if, if I, I drove down? Yeah, I'd come with you. Yeah, I think I think that'd be very likely. Um, in uh, our penultimate match of the evening, yeah, uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi defeated Jay White in a singles match for the Tokyo Dome IWGP Heavyweight Championship Challenge Right Certificate. It ran twenty forty. Yeah. No surprise that Tanahashi would hang on to that. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know how I sound here. I wasn't as blown away by this match as some others. I, I think Jay White has some room to grow uh, in his in ring. I did like the the story of it never serves Tanahashi to be dirty because at one point he goes to uh, Jay White brings a chair into the ring and puts it down, and Tanahashi goes to throw it out of the ring. Goes, eh, you know what? Actually. Lays it down, hits Jay White onto it, then goes for a frog splash off the top. Jay White rolls out of the way, and Tanahashi now hits the chair. I like this story that like Tanahashi shouldn't stoop to Jay White's level. It does not. It does not behoove him to to be a dirty fighter. It's he should play it uh, above board. But I thought this match had its moments. But I, uh, you know, I don't know where the chemistry is with these two necessarily. I thought this was the weakest of the matches that I saw. And in the main event, a triple threat for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship, Kenny Omega defeats Cody and Kota Ibushi. I was very surprised that it was Ibushi who took the pin in this match. I thought that Cody was mostly just there to take the pin without, you know, all due respect to Cody. I thought that, that would to, be... to uh, sow the seeds of dissent in this pairing. Right? I guess that's right. Um, although Omega at the post-fight press conference was like, now it is, it is done with Ibushi and I, and I will never attack him or lose him again. Yeah, but even yeah. and also... You know, why do you agree to take the match if you don't think there's going to be a chance to get pinned? It's a good point. A couple awesome spots in this match. Uh, Cody lying face first in the turnbuckle, like the old Bret Hart spot, and Omega does a V-trigger from behind. I don't know if he's done this before. Usually you think of it in the ropes. But from the back into the turnbuckle, I thought this looked tremendous. The best parts of this match, to no one's surprise, are when Omega and Ibushi are wrestling one another uh, one-on-one. He hits... Omega doesn't hit the J-Driller enough. That that move looks incredible, and on somebody as light as Ibushi, it just was, was lights out. Uh, I saw some people being like, wow, incredible match. 
I thought this was a really good match, maybe the best match on the card, but I wasn't I didn't think this was, you know, new J- the high levels that New Japan can hit. I don't know that this triple threat necessarily got there, but I did think it was a really good match that obviously continues the story. We didn't mention in the uh Tanahashi J White match, J White joins Bullet Club. Oh, sorry. Yeah, how could how could I breeze over that? Yeah, he is now uh Fale and Tamatanga come out at the end and he allies with them. What do you think of this? Jay White good to lead the OGs against the the elite? Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. I think Jay White, if they are gonna give him this push, is a great way to do it. Gato aligned with like Bullet Club OG, maybe that feels a little weird to me, but but the pairing in general I'm with. Yeah. Um how much time do I got here, J Mo? Uh we're basically over time already. Okay. So just to wrap up on the show. I just want to say that who wrote that article the other week? I'm totally slipping my mind about wrestling is better when you watch it last year. Ryan Lambert. Ryan Lambert. Well, we're seeking out. We did retweet it from the Top Marks my account as well. My good friend, Ryan Lambert. Your, your guy. Uh, he was saying, basically, you're fronting the case that wrestling is better when you watch it less. I, I will say that that's true for me, not like in a week, but in hours per day. Because I just cranked out these four or five matches in... You probably sat down and watched it for an hour and a half, and I, I was just like, man, this is so good, and I was enjoying it so much, and credit to New Japan, man, because uh, the tops of their cards are, are very reliable for me. Uh, I just want to say that I saw a lot of people being like, oh, this is what's so great about New Japan, like, you tune into the shows, and like, there's something crazy and unpredictable on every show. <laughs> this entire show was predictable. Jericho yeah. coming out and yep. attacking evil, entirely predictable. Yep. Jay White joining Bullet Club, kind of a twist, not really. Not really. But especially like... Tanahashi winning the match and hanging on to his right to have the match at the Tokyo Dome entirely predictable Uh, like I agree and I'm sorry I know we're in overtime but but people saying oh you know New Japan so much hotter right now all this sort of thing careful what you wish for man they are veering into more WWE territory lately with with these these leaks and angles and uh, swapping factions and you combine that with some of this these rumored unrest with management backstage at New Japan I'm just saying, watch. Let's see where the trajectory of New Japan goes. I'm very curious to see. Yeah. And it's time now to swing back to the land down under. Oh, so, uh, crikey, mate. So we talk about the land down under card <laughs> because we're going back to the first matches of the show, I. This is. I'm in hell. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. On match number one, it's a dingo versus a wallaby. Well, that's no good. I don't know what either of those things are. Uh, But we're going to find out in in round round number three. Round three. Fight. Blue Brand was also down in Australia, Justin. Crikey, were they ever? (laughs) Fuck me. (laughs) With this voice. Uh, Yeah, the the SmackDown side, I think, uh, if we're going to include the Cruiserweight match, which uh, maybe we should start there because I feel like I have... It's uh, kind of uh, an island unto itself. uh, Let's save it for the end because you know what? The final SmackDown match on this show, there's really very little to talk about. So we'll begin at the start, which I think is a perfect place to begin. I agree. Uh, The New Day. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods. Biggie looking on. Defeated Cesaro and Sheamus. Yeah. This ran 9.38. Not an entirely memorable match, but I will say I loved the finish. Yeah. The, the, the finisher in particular. Yeah, yeah. New Day debuts a brand new finisher. Yep. It looked devastating. Look, I pointed out something in this match that I was kind of upset about, and then you brought it back with like uh, uh, trace amounts of, of reality thrown in there. Oh, what did I say? I said it really bothers me that every single time the bar loses – which is more often now than when they were starting out. They had a very dominant run to begin. Yeah. But every single time the bar loses, Cesaro takes the pin. Oh, right. Yes, And it bothers me because I feel like there's just this innate desire for them to, like, 
need to keep Sheamus strong. Right. Because he was always the main event guy, and Cesaro was always the undercard guy, even though their talent levels should have them in reverse <laughs> positions. So it does bug me when Cesaro gets pinned. Because yes. I, th- I, if there's a guy you should be keeping strong, I think it is Cesaro. Of those two, I agree. But you rightly pointed out that the only reason this pairing even exists... Is because Sheamus's neck and back are just incredibly jacked up, especially when you look at this this New Day finisher. Yeah. For those who didn't see it, it's there, like there's not a chance in the world that Sheamus could take that move. Well, I mean, he could have; it just would have paralyzed him for the rest <laughs> of his life. Uh, for those who may not seen it, I, I sort of forget it now. He's you have uh, Cesaro lying over the knee. Of, it was like a coup de gras and code breaker at the same time. That's right. Yeah, that, that's how I remember it too. I remember distinctly thinking, but. The Codebreaker like is, like, jumping. He's already laying there, yeah, which yeah. is what makes it look so brutal. But it's like a double stamp onto yeah. a guy who's already in, like, the gut or the, I guess it's lung the lung blower, blower that's right. position. Yeah. It looked brutal. Yep. Uh, Very it, little give. Cesaro looked like he was, like, broken in half. Yep. And a perfect finisher. A, a great power move from the speed incarnation of New Day. That's right. And a win for that incarnation of New Day, too, which you don't see all the time. Uh, oh, we get it every so often. Yeah, but but certainly not as common as that. I, I like that each pairing would have a different finisher, though. Like that it's, is, When it's Kofi yeah. and Big E, they have the Midnight Hour, and then when it's these two, they debut this one, which I thought is a really cool touch. I think you're bang on correct with that. Uh, but yeah, I kind of a forgettable match with the, the result, I think, that we predicted. Uh, after that, Charlotte Flair defeats Becky Lynch, but by disqualification. In a singles match for the WWE Women's Championship that ran 10:50, I hated this match. Jamo, am I am I wrong? Am I a pessimist? Please pull me out of this. Am I wrong in saying that these two's feud is not going to go the way I think it should? Yeah, because they are explicitly booking Becky as a heel now. Yes, there's no way you can look at the booking and say she's a babyface with grit. No, she's a tweener. No, she is. She walked out. She grabbed the belt and was trying to leave the match, and then. Ended the match by just attacking her with a weapon. Yeah, she, I it mean, was she, explicit heel booking, and it really pissed me off. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't really have a whole lot to add except to say that I, I thought the in ring was kind of off for them too. To be honest, I, I thought that they were a little sloppy, and then yeah, I hated, I hated the booking. So I don't know what to say. I. It's very WWE. I, I always try to be a bit of like, oh, you know, WWE. They they do know, but but like, I just don't know how you don't see what you have in Becky right now. Like, it's it's genuinely confusing to yeah. me. Like, to to what to what end is Charlotte being baby faced and then maybe regaining the belt? Your most even from a financial perspective, it makes like, no sense to want to tell that story. Yeah, as, of all the stories you have to tell right now. Well, that, that's a perfect way of saying it. Like, so so I don't know. Is Charlotte going to win this belt back at Evolution? I hope not, but probably. I mean, that feels like where they're going, right? Yeah. Like so, I if, don't know if Becky is going to continue to act like a heel. Then, like I posted in the uh, Top Marks Patreon group chat this week, yes. that there was a note in the Cage Side Seats Rumor Roundup that rumor has it. Uh, <laughs> I like doing that. That like Vince loves Becky's work right now and is naming her explicitly as like. Uh, Somebody that he's listing off by name as an example of how to grab the brass ring. But what? Here's, but here's the thing. What is the difference between Becky Lynch's work right now and Becky Lynch's work two years ago? If anything, I might say it's worse. Yeah. <laughs> like... Nothing. Nothing. No uh... different. She's always been beloved. She's always been the crowd favorite. The difference is right now... 
the crowd has gone without her in the spotlight for the better part of the last year. That's right. And now that they have the opportunity to see her in that spot again, they are vocally giving you every indication that they do not want to see her pushed out of that spot again. Yeah. It is a crowd that is actively rebelling against bad booking for someone that they have always loved. There is no grabbing the brass ring here. I Again, Jamo, you, you said it perfect, my brother. Well, I mean, what could I add to that? It's I think we're entirely on the same page. It, it it's frustrating to watch play out. I'm not going to say it's the same as the Daniel Bryan situation, yeah. but and it's not even the same level of obstinance because it got to a point where Daniel Bryan was like, "Are you guys serious?" But <laughs> it's it, it is you know. Well, you didn't think uh, Daniel Bryan and the Wyatt family was uh, going to be a long term <laughs> fix there? It's weird. I might be the only person on earth who liked that angle. I same. <laughs> But only because it resolved itself perfectly when they finally saw the light of the mistake they were making. Yeah, yeah, right? that, that's right. And, and I did think, like, the just seeing – it's something I wish they would have explored more with the Wyatts, to be honest. Certainly when they, they took uh, Kane and Taker, uh, see them sort of, like, what would you call that, brainwash people to their side. I thought that was an interesting wrinkle to them that they never really explored further, which and they should have. Yeah, you're right. Uh, up next – in a uh, women's tag match that ran 5.45. What was this? Iconics, Billy Kale and Peyton Royce defeated Asuka and Naomi. I fast-forwarded this match. I watched it. Oh, okay. You, you can fill me in then. Who, I, who won? Uh, Iconics did. Oh, because they're in Australia? Yeah, they got and the... they came out and they caught a babyface promo. I did watch the entrances. I thought for sure they were building all of that up to turn on Australia. To do like a kind of Elias sort of thing. Yeah. And man, I thought Elias' healing was excellent. He went up on uh, on the pies, the uh, oh yeah, the AFL football team. Yeah. No, no, no. The <laughs> that the, was just a little joke. Yeah, the Magpies, I think, is the name of okay. the team. Yeah, that they had recently choked in the AFL final the weekend previous. Yeah, good. So research. he's doing sports healing on Aussie rules football. Respect, good, mad respect for that. No doubt. I was expecting a very similar turn in this promo from Iconics, but instead. They just cut a sweetheart, babyface promo about how there was nowhere they would rather be in the world and how proud they were to represent their home country. Yeah, they literally were like, there's nowhere I'd rather be than home. And yeah. I thought for sure there was – did you get the sense that the crowd was almost sort of waiting for the turn? Yeah, to- that they were going to say, there's nowhere I'd rather be than Sydney. Yeah. Why are we in Melbourne? Yeah, that's fully what I was expecting, but – I got the sense because they didn't get a huge reaction. I don't know if that's because people don't know. They got a big reaction when they won the match. That's right. But I'm saying in the beginning, I think the crowd was sort of waiting for that. Like they thought they were going to be baited. And then when it didn't happen, the the giant boo never came. They were like, okay. Yeah. Because that was the reaction in my living room because we watched the entrance. But anyway, so I didn't watch this match. Yeah, big shock. They won the match. Yeah. It was relatively uneventful, save for the finish. Paid Naomi, I have to assume. Uh, Yes. Okay. And then uh, they celebrated, and everybody was happy. And it's like, God, why are you doing this in Australia? That this is the only place where a hometown person can win. We're so conditioned to thinking hometown people are going to lose all the time. That's right. And you're going to give hometown victories on this Australia show where it's almost meaningless. And why not do this? It always works. Look, Think of Brett. Like, I would love if next time they went to Montreal, Kevin Owens actually just let the place get uproariously behind him. And he, like, won a title on the show. He's like, and he could stay heel. Obviously, we're talking about his baby face. I'm just saying in general. He goes, he's like, I hate everywhere else, but you've got my back. You've got my wings. He's speaking in French. Like, let them do that. That's fun, you know? Anyway, uh, yeah, didn't see this match. Probably sucked. Up next... AJ Styles defeats Samoa Joe by submission in a no-count-out, no-DQ match. There must be a victor 
for the WWE Championship, and it ran 23-45. I thought this was good. I, I thought they were a little botchy at points, if I'm being honest. Uh, it was. I think it's been the best match of this feud so far. Oh, yeah? Actually, the SummerSlam match was very good until the finish. Yeah, I would probably compare the two of them, to be honest. Yeah. I, I thought they were both... It just felt like as soon as the SummerSlam match was cl- clicking into high gear, it ended with the DQ. Yeah. Whereas, like, this match had a slow start, but once it clicked into gear, it went. Like, it had top gear for a good long spell. I'd also like to pay them a real compliment. Uh, even though I knew it couldn't happen... I actually was sort of biting on Joe when he was just getting the Kalina clutch from the back still standing. I uh, I was very into that. Also, the the fact that he continues to tease the muscle buster. Yes, man. Super good. And I loved the fact that the match ended with the calf crusher. We do not yeah. see enough calf crusher finishes. And this was a perfectly told story to work over that knee. Mm-hmm. It made Joe look like a million bucks that he even continued the match at all yep. after the table bump. Yep. Uh, when he kind of like waved the ref away, he was like, "I can't walk, but get away from me. I'm fine. Leave me alone." Joe selling there was so awesome. We were wondering if he was actually hurt. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's and the fact that they had him like, you know, off mic but on mic, that the ring camera picks up yeah. all that conversation. Was, I heard a pop. Yeah, I heard a pop. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. What I mean, what what could be obviously AJ Styles is you, you know you, we, you couldn't put enough praise on the guy. But, but then for him to kind of pay off the psychology of this feud also by just getting brutal, yes, and taking that chair. That's exactly what I was to the pop say. knee. And then on the flip side of the coin, I mean, Samoa Joe is, I hope he finds himself in a place of prominence on this card because he belongs there. Yeah, my big fear is that he's going to kind of backslide into a similar spot as Nakamura, that they just don't know what to do with heels once they lose to AJ. That's exactly what I feel. Uh, Justin, it just occurred to me, we skipped over the Daniel Bryan Miz match on the Raw side? No, we haven't. Oh, wait. That's a SmackDown match. Right, of course. It's coming up in a second here. Oof, I should have trusted you. Yeah, I'm guiding us through. What did I say? We're going to save the Cruiserweight match for last. Right. Because the main event from SmackDown, almost nothing to talk about. I thought Styles and Joe, though, was the, the best match on the card. Yeah, that's two guys who are going like this was a real pay-per-view. Yes. Well, and, and that's a feud that demanded them to do that. Correct, yeah. You cannot work a house show match as the blow-off to what they've been doing. And I don't think this is necessarily the blow-off. I do think that there is a... He tapped. He did. It's done. But, yeah, I guess. He's 0-3 and he tapped. It's, yeah. it's done. I mean, could, I'm not saying that those two are never going to wrestle again, but this feud is donezo as far as I can tell. Yeah, it's just been so emotional yeah. that it feels weird to end it on a show like this. Can I and I, I I'd really like to pay Samoa Joe a compliment here because when they put that video package together for for AJ and Joe, I don't know if you saw the the video package, I did, but yeah. it really occurred to me how awful this feud could have been if it was a different heel than Samoa Joe because a lot of that He's shit been is corny. So menacing. But he treats it so self-seriously, so menacingly that it doesn't feel corny. You can imagine so many even the Miz. Like, even like the winking to camera yep. felt like extremely Sinister. It, it it'll go down as one of my feuds of the year he's for a sure. Killer. He, he's a killer. He's a killer. You're absolutely right. He is a menacing, cold-blooded killer, and I love Samoa Joe. Me too. Uh, and and at the end of the year, I'll be looking back at this one as there, one of my feuds of the year. There honestly are not enough heels who can play that role the way he is playing it. Right? There's one. Yeah, it's him. just him. Like who else could you have put in that menacing heel role? Not a maybe chicken. maybe Braun like yeah. a year ago. Yep, yeah, Braun. But I don't even think Braun right now couldn't do it. 
Yeah, if Braun, Braun is cartoony. Like, let's yeah. call it as it is. If Braun was knocking at the door of Wendy Styles going, Wendy! You would just think he'd bust down the door. Wendy! <laughs> like, and, and so you got to tip your cap to Samoa Joe. Tremendous feud and a job well done. Uh, the final SmackDown match of the night, Daniel Bryan defeats The Miz in a singles match to determine the number one contender for the WWE Championship. This ran 2.25, and apparently it was so short because they were pressed for time. Yeah. How do you... What did we talk about last week? How uh, insane it was for people like Mike to think, Daniel Bryan's really losing it because he keeps losing these matches. Mm. You do not want him to win until it is the right time to win. And when he does win, it has to be a sweeping, epic victory. You hand him this victory in 225 on a show that really means nothing. What is there to say? What a dumb mistake. I, I, I'm speechless. It, it happened. I reacted like the crowd did, where it was like, pardon? That's it? I, I don't know what this was. Is The Miz winning the Rumble now? Is I'm pretty sure if I had if I had to guess what happens at Crown Jewel, yeah. which I will have to guess because I'm not going to watch it. Mm, okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that on next week's show. Is that uh, Miz will interfere in this match? Sorry, in, in which match? Oh, in, in the, AJ in, and Brian. In the AJ Bryan title match, and then we probably get an AJ Bryan Miz triple threat. And Miz can get the belt there. Maybe. Who knows? I just thought, what what are we doing here, folks? Like I, I just don't get it. Like like you you nailed it. If you're gonna have Daniel like I don't like I know this sounds obvious, but yo, for those paying attention, Daniel Bryan beat the Miz. Like the the you remember the guy he's like super furious at for these past mm. couple years? He got the win. It just happened. Sure, it happened in, in two minutes two on a minutes small and package. Thirty seconds. I mean, what? What the fuck? I just, I can't, I can't get it. I don't understand. What yeah. benefit is? If it? you are so pressed for time that you can't have a match longer than three minutes, then just don't even have the match. Have Agreed. Miz attack Brian before the thing even happens. Agreed. Don't even have the match happen at all. Well, and there's that's one way you could have done it. I could give you 12 other ways you could have done it, which doesn't and, and include. If, and if ultimately what you want is the title match to be Brian versus AJ, then you just say, because Miz was so dastardly and caused the match to not happen, yep. that he doesn't get the shot. It's as easy as that. The, the reality is, Justin, this is not to deflate your fantasy book in there, which does totally work. Almost any other way besides... Oh, there's 70,000 people here. Let's give Daniel Bryan the win. But don't let them do the yes chant with them and do it in two minutes and no finishers. Yeah. What What are we doing? So we circle back now to match number seven on this 10-match card. Yeah. A singles match for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship that ran 10:35. Buddy Murphy defeats Cedric Alexander Buddy. and is your new heel cruiserweight champion received as a fucking conquering babyface in his home country of Australia. I'll say this. I'm glad Cedric Alexander is no longer the champion. I, I feel th- like he's run out of challengers. Well, I, I, I just think his reign sucked. And by that, I mean it felt like because it felt like it's not proper grammar. <laughs> no, I think it did feel that way, though. <laughs> Myself, I enjoy uh, the fields of I f- green. I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell him. Uh... <laughs> I saw people being like, wow, match of the weekend, really great. Another match where it felt like the two guys were actually going. Definitely true. I thought this was about as good as most 205 Live main events I've seen, which is to say it's a really good match, but it didn't. It certainly wasn't better than Mustafa Ali, Buddy Murphy from last month that I watched. Yeah, like, fair. That's fair. Uh, I thought I thought it was good, but I, I think I think sometimes people the the show was just so lacking on good work rate that I think this stood out more. But I think on its own merits, 
from what I saw online and certainly in our Patreon DM group, which if you want to join, that's where the wrestling chatting is going on. You can head on over to patreon.com slash top marks. That's five dollars. That's where we shoot and play. You wanna you wanna hear you wanna I'm just saying. <laughs> That's where the true shooting goes down. We're working here. Yeah. Uh, uh, but people were talking like this was a, an incredible match, and I, I didn't see it that way, but I did think it was one of the better matches on the show, obviously, probably second best, but but that's more of a comment on the weakness of the what was surrounding it than on the match itself, if that makes sense for me. Fair. Um, I just want to say that as somebody who, of course, had to leave halfway through the show and go to work and then watched most of the rest of it at a later date yeah. on my own, I somehow, not just on the day itself, because we watched the show basically 12 hours after it aired. That's right. Uh, I watched it, you know, close to however many days later now. Four. I watched it earlier today. Yeah. So, yeah. So, five days. days. Yeah, Yeah, I guess three, four days. Hang on. We can figure this out. Saturday. Five days. days. Sunday. Five days later. Monday. Not only did I dodge spoilers on the day. Six days. Thursday. Not only did I dodge spoilers on the day. (laughs) Six days later, I still did not know that Buddy Murphy won this match. So the finish was a, a genuine reaction to me. Okay. It was a genuine surprise. I was thrilled. Okay. And we often talk about, oh, my God, that's the first time somebody's kicked out of that move. Oh, yes, Whether yeah. it's the Dirty Deeds or uh, another move just got kicked out of for the first time recently. I don't remember. But the End of Days is one that, that is very protected. and uh, The Lumbar Check, I feel like that might have been the first time a Cruiserweight's kicked out of it. Commentary said as much. Yeah. 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 Uh, so it's a big moment there. Good, good. And it was a great little feel-good moment for this crowd. And why would you not do that for every hometown person? Yes, it makes them feel like a genuine star. Here's my big question for that: hey, Do you feel any more pull to watch 205 Live with Buddy Murphy as champion? Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay, all right. I, I, I really liked his matches. I thought he had a great match on the house show that I was at last week. But 205 Live's problem is not good matches. True. You you can't find a bad match on 205 Live. I'm just super into his work right now. Yeah, he's and if and I think it changes the dynamic of a show to have a heel champion with baby faces chasing. Agreed. You've run out of baby faces, or ra- rather, run out of heels to chase Cedric. Show me a letter grade for a WWE Super Showdown. Hard, hard to judge. I might say just a C, not even a C minus or a C plus, just right down the middle C. Yeah, I mean AJ Joe saves it from being like absolutely in the basement because I watch. There's wrestling shows where there's nothing as bad, but nothing as good as mm-hmm. that, and I'll always take a show that has at least like one great match. And on I it. will say, for a four-hour show, yeah, very little happens here. This could have been a three-hour show, and you'd lose nothing. Jamo, I. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to go there. I'm, I'm giving it the C-. minus. Not right. a failing grade because of A.J. Joe, but if somebody's like, oh, I missed this, I would say, you didn't miss much. Yeah. <laughs> what do you say we dive into some questions? I would love it if we did that. <laughs> Boy, do I have some good news for you because we're about to do it. Okay. Right now. Sure. I'm going to start reading you some questions about wrestling, and then we can answer them. All right. Let's do it. And the first one of those comes to us from my nemesis. It's Swine Flube at Book of Flube, and he asks, outside of the guys that get to use their own names, who is the best kayfabe name in wrestling? And then he says, a P.S., please don't end this podcast. I couldn't handle it. So, uh, Flube, uh, I don't think this podcast is ending, and I appreciate you saying that, even uh, though I hate you, obviously. Flube, uh, I haven't told Josh yet. <laughs> But I've decided to end this show. <laughs> Call him Wade Barrett, but he's afraid he's got some bad news. Uh, yeah, I'm afraid <laughs> I got some bad news for you. Yeah. So, Jamo, who's who's got some of the better kayfabe names for you? Who's got the best kayfabe name? 
I mean, the man with the best kayfabe name going who doesn't have it anymore. Oh, who was Biff Busick? Yeah, Biff Busick is a great name. It's an incredible. Wrestling. Oni Lorcan has grown on me, but I don't for the like first it. little while there, I really hated that name. Well, I think our buddy the Charm put it best, where it's like I don't mind them changing guys' names, but like you're going to change Biff to Oni, like you're going from like the best wrestling name ever to one of the worst. Yeah. <laughs> like it's the drop off in quality. Yeah, Biff. Okay, let's go WWE though. It's he says it doesn't have to be active though, and it, Randy Savage has to come to mind, right? Yeah, for like sure. the Macho Man Randy Savage is an unbelievably it's good a great wrestling name. name. It's a great name for sure. Uh, Here, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a polarizing one your way. Sure, Drake Maverick. Hate it. Hate it. The eh? worst. Better or worse than Rockstar Spud? Way worse. I say better. Still not good. Rockstar is a terrible first name. It's it's not a... And Potato? It's more of a nickname. The whole thing there is more of a nickname than someone's actual shoot name. What if I called you a spud? I'd be <laughs> like, yeah, I love carbs, <laughs> as you can see by <laughs> all of this. There will be no body shaming on my podcast. <laughs> I will not stand for it. You're a gorgeous man. Uh, yeah, I think I think I'll say the Roch- Macho the Rocho Man, the Macho Man Randy Savage. But for the active roster, I don't know if this is just uh, my my tendencies showing. But I think Dean Ambrose is an awesome wrestling name. Uh, yeah, Braun Strowman, I'm a big fan of. Suits him, right? Yeah, so a strong man. Yeah, Braun. It's literally strong, strong man. Yeah, Brawny strong man. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'll say some of those are, are good ones. Jamie, are you ready for our next question? Yeah, let's do it. Comes to us from at Lorenzo Meow. It's our guy. It's Doug, Doug Crap. And he says, who in New Japan should people check out that's flying under the radar? Someone who hasn't been mentioned on the podcast before. Okay, we have to drop the second half of that question because I have no idea who's been mentioned on the podcast ever before. Yeah. Uh, 100, over 100 hours, I may have mentioned some people. Is there anybody on the New Japan lower card that you would say people should be paying attention to, J-Mo? Uh, yeah, our man Chase Owens. <laughs> no, uh, I like Chase Owens. I feel like he does an important job. That needs to be done by someone. Okay. Uh, and he does it well. Yeah. And I think that's very fair. Um, but I would say, like, you know, he it's hard to say he's, like, underrated in that he just literally won the Junior Heavyweight Championship. Oh, yeah. But Kushida is not a guy that we talk about very often. Yeah, I think he definitely and, counts And I think question. he was an excellent uh, uh player in the four-way match at Wrestle Kingdom. That's true. Which is one of my favorite matches of the year still to this date. Uh, I think he very much flies under the radar in terms of how much talent is around him in that division. Yes. And I'm really excited to see what he does with this reign and if he can establish himself as like a real true star on on their cards. It's a great answer. Uh, I'm going to go with Kenny Omega. Uh, I don't know if uh, no no no. I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Ishi. Uh, Tama That's Ishii. a great choice too. He's a, a guy who uh, now he's also one of these guys though who in the tag matches just like is obviously taking the foot off the gas. Like mm-hmm. I've seen these before where even he's the hot tag and it's like yeah forearm forearm. But he seems to have chemistry with a lot of guys. He's a very stiff worker. He I'm not gonna say he has like an Owens appeal as like the broad tough guy. Maybe like a Joe appeal in some ways. Like he's sort of broad and tough. But I mean he's he's one of the stiffer workers in the game. I love the low leg kicks. I love the forearms. Yeah, I like watching Ishii wrestle. He's a guy where if he is a singles match on a card, I always watch it. Weirdly enough, I think like the Chase Owens match I like most is actually against him. So so there you go. I'll, I'll say Ishii if he counts. But I'm sure he has come up on the show before because I, I liked his Naito match in the G1 so much. But I hope that satisfies the answer. Jamar, our next question this week comes to us from Danger Boy. Da- at Danger Boy 69420. All the good numbers. He says, follow up to last week. 
I don't know. What, uh, who are your two favorite tag teams right now? No honorable mentions or saying other names. Right, he asked us our favorite wrestlers yes. last week. Uh, you got our favorite tag teams going. Yeah, I, I have mine ready. I think, but it's just like last week where I feel like I'm going to regret it instantly. Are we going to do a draft where I can't pick who you pick again? Sure, that seems fair. Sure. Do you want me to go first or you? You to can go? go first. Okay, the revival. The Usos. Oh, yeah. And then I was going to say, I don't know if they count as a tag team, but when Suzuki and Sabre Jr. are the two representing Suzuki Goon. Uh, I'd say that counts. Yeah, so I'll say Suzuki and Sabre Jr. in the revival. I'll go uh, the Usos and the Young Bucks. Oh, yeah, and That's yeah. probably, like, my dream tag match right now. Yeah, tough to complain about that. there was just, that. like, an intercompany dream, like, tag league or whatever. Yeah. Doesn't it have That'd to be, be the final? Doesn't it have to be revival bucks though, just because of the, yeah. the feud? It does, but you already drafted them. Yeah, of course. Uh, so I respect the rules of the game here. I know we're not allowed to say other names. I'm just saying I'm surprised that no one said undisputed era because I, I feel like they're very consistent. Yeah, I just don't. I think of them as a stable more than yeah. a tag team. Well, yeah. What's the tag team? I guess Roderick has changed a O'Reilly. couple times, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, JMO, this is a question that I, I responded to the asker, who is of course tranquilo. Pachico. Applair Pachico, that this is a question you would love. Okay. Uh, how would Gritty have debuted if he was a wrestler? Gritty, the, the mascot for a hockey team, the Philadelphia Flyers, is yes, that right? Okay. Yes. How would Gritty have debuted if he was a wrestler, JMO? I think it would have been very similar to the gobbledygooker. <laughs> <laughs> Except maybe he would have been, like, hatched out of a puck. Like a giant puck, a maybe. giant puck. Yeah. He bursts out of it like the Shockmaster. I oh, <laughs> I feel like Gritty could have pulled off the falling over. Oh, right? for sure, he, it would fit with his whole aesthetic. Okay, he's yeah. like the, a bumbling oaf mascot. Can I just say that that Gritty is is big in my friend circles right now, man? Mike I hear is a lot of with him. I hear a lot of talk about Gritty. Yeah, uh, and I think I think he seems uh, he seems fine to me. So you have your two favorite hockey players in the world: Dougie Hamilton, John Tavares. Those are my two guys. And yeah. then number three would be Gritty. Yeah, I would say that'd be my top three hockey players. So if you were in a fantasy league this year, you <laughs> yeah, would've, you would have drafted Dougie first overall, of course. And then John Tavares probably wouldn't be available to you by the time your other pick came back around. I would might have taken Tavares first because I know he that he's good and I know that he's Portuguese. And you know that Dougie will be there for the second pick. Is Dougie a good player? He is, okay. but he's not like first overall good. What team does he play on? He's on the Carolina Hurricanes. I knew he used to be on the. Is he good on the? Are the Carolina Hurricanes a good team? They've been scoring a lot of goals to start the year. You know why that is? Because they got Dougie. So you're not because they've been going to the museums because <laughs> they're cultured. <laughs> I like the uncultured swine <laughs> that is the Calgary Flames. Although I feel like Gritty is a good counterbalance to Dougie Hamilton. Mm -hmm. Like Gritty can put back some beers, and then Dougie's like, "Let's go see art," and Gritty's down for that too. Yeah, except Gritty might like accidentally knock one of the statues over when they're at the museum. God bless him. <laughs> Jamo, our next question this week comes to us from Ty McBride at Tyler McBride ninety nine. It's sort of a question. It says thoughts on death matches. There's no question. I'm not a fan. Not uh, a fan. I mean, if you've listened to the Patreon episode where I'm <laughs> forced to watch Tournament of Death 17, I think it's no surprise to anyone that I did not enjoy watching that show. <laughs> In that, it's fun for a point, to yeah. a point, but when your entire card is death matches, yes. it's not just one thing in your smorgasbord of wrestling flavors. Yeah. When this is like an all-you-can-eat deathmatch buffet <laughs> of only death matches. You just become so <laughs> inundated with the just like massive amounts of violence. 
yeah. that it's it's almost it becomes like irrelevant to you. Well, that's totally true. Uh, I, I think death matches are definitely best when there's one on a card, which is what GCW does. They'll have like Janela Tremont in the middle of their card, something like that. Mm. Uh, my thoughts on death matches are uh, good. Yeah, you love them. I, You're a well-established fan. I, I, but I, I also share in your sentiments that cards of them are uh, – you, you feel very – like the volume's been at 10 for so long. That but like, even like – okay, you and I are going to uh, mm. the rickshaw next week. Scoots Brodo is coming up from Seattle to join us. Yeah, so we're going to the rickshaw for a night of wrestling in Vancouver. And two years ago, I think it was, the first time they did a show at the rickshaw, yep. uh, the main event was – a 10,000 thumbtack death match with Kenny Lush taking on Leatherface. Leatherface. And I have gone on record multiple times, both on this and Real Grap Show. The original Top Marks. Yes. Saying that, uh, you know, I do not want to be an accomplice to something like this. And I feel like being, <laughs> just by paying money to be in the audience for something like that, I am like, and I'm like tacitly encouraging that this happen. Uh, to really solidify our positions, I've often res- uh, referenced that card as one of the best wrestling shows I've ever been to. Uh, and we're going in for my birthday in two Fridays. So yeah. How does it feel that. you just referred to as the, to the Real Grab Show as yeah. uh, the OG Top Marks? Yeah. Does that make Marlon the Man the OG co-host of Top Marks? Uh, those are shoes I could never, ever fill, so absolutely not. I, I don't want I don't want to have to measure up to Marlon the Man in any sort of way uh, for, because I will fall short in every measurable category each and every time. All right. Uh, Jay Moore, next question comes to us from E underscore Prime, at E underscore Prime, and he asks, is HBK unretiring for the Saudi ar- show a waste? Wouldn't HBK or AJ be a better match if we're adding to his bump count? Is this a one-off? He has a bunch of questions. But basically, is HBK unretiring for Saudi Arabia a waste of HBK unretiring? Enormously, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be impossible. no way to argue that it is not. Yeah, I I mean, it's tough to even extrapolate on. I I definitely think it's a waste. To his other questions, would would HBK versus AJ be a better match than, than that tag match? Yeah, and in every conceivable way. How, how couldn't it be? AJ Styles is a much better wrestler at this point than Kane, Triple H, or The Undertaker. <laughs> I mean, it's I, I, would, I would hear out an argument to the contrary, but I think it'd be pretty failed. Like, yeah. Uh, I think it'll, it'll definitely be better. Uh, yeah, and honestly, like, Sean had always said that he would never do it. Yeah. Like, he's on the record as saying, like, I won't go so far as to say that anything I've done is perfect. Sure. But I know when to not mess with it. Well, that, how much money must they be throwing at him? Like, I, literally, like, $10 million. What did you say Brock got paid to, to go? Wasn't it, like, like $5 million? It was, like, millions of dollars, yes. right? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I'm not going to chastise HBK. Like David Bixenspan had an article in Deadspin today Yeah, that was about, like how bad it looks on WWE to be doing these Saudi shows in light of the fact that Ben Salman just ordered the murder of someone, a U S resident. It's, I mean, uh, and, and they, if he, he like dug into the financials to find that they have like an other income source on their most recent financial reporting. That's just like a, a, a random $50 million just came out of nowhere. Wow. Which means that must be what they were paid for Greatest Royal Rumble. Ugh. 
which means they're probably going to be paid $50 million again here. Wow. Which means, like I said earlier, they are making $100 million a year for 10 years, a $1 billion contract with the Saudis. I guess we know what a soul costs. I guess so. Uh, all right, Jay Moore, next question this week comes to us from your co-host there over on Real Good Show. Uh, it's at Colin the Comic. Who's that? <laughs> Never heard of him. John Colin. I don't know who that is. <laughs> he asks... Never. I mean, I am, like, I am sweating right now. I don't know. He might be a good guy. <laughs> it, I think he's great. Uh, it, it, in honor of WWE's cards and weird places, choose a non-North American city to host a WWE event that, to your knowledge, has never hosted one. Then answer why did? Well, maybe we'll do that part first. So, so pick a. Uh, sh- do you want to do this one together? Where we book it together? Sometimes we do these for the the Colin questions. Or uh, I think I have an idea here. Okay, well, let me give give me give me one second. Okay, well then I I'm gonna go out. We'll do this one separately because I have mine in mind. I I don't mean to be a, a huge mark for it in this circumstance, but I want to see WWE in Lisbon. Uh, there's a local wrestling scene there. Lisbon is an uh, Lisbon, Portugal. It's an incredible art scene. The the people there. It's a real like participant culture in Portugal. Like, shows are very, you know, giant dance parties and all this sort of thing. They're very, you know, evocative people, and I think that would translate to wrestling extremely well. Okay, I have my venue. Go ahead. Uh, It's going to be held at the 20th of May Stadium. In? In Kinshasa, Zaire. Where's that? This was where the Rumble in the Jungle was held. Oh, okay. So some historical returns. So explain why. Uh, You know, I feel like... Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura's entire moveset is like named after sure, this show. Yeah, that doesn't hurt. I mean, he 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 changed it from the Bomaye mm-hmm. to the Kinshasa, both of which are a reference to the Rumble in the Jungle. Yes, because the crowd was going crazy in this Foreman versus Ali fight. Chanting Ali Bomaye, Ali Bomaye, which, which Nakamura's talked multiple times about taking lots of inspiration from Muhammad and Ali. Means kill him. Incredible. And, and worth mentioning that uh, Kota Ibushi also hits a Bomaye in this uh, in the main event from New Japan this week. And then they said that, of course, uh, you know, similar to like fight Owens fight instead of kill Steen kill. Kill, kill. You can't have kill references in your character. Right. So he changed it from the Bomaye to the Kinshasa. And I would put uh, I would put Nakamura in the main event of this show. Interesting. With, okay. With AJ Styles. And Samoa Joe triple threat match. Ooh, I like that a bunch. Yeah, I mean, I mean, first of all, as a match, <laughs> what, what possible critique could you have there? Yeah, uh, I love it. I, I love the setting. I think it's very cool. Uh, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about it. But what is it called? You have to name it. Sean says this is uh, interesting. Okay, maybe a Rumble in Japan. That's a good name for it. Maybe. Uh, maybe it's the greatest Royal Rumble in the jungle. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, it's horrible. Mine is uh, the the rooster rumble because yeah. the, the Portuguese animal goes being the coq de bacalhos. Uh, yeah, and I'm picking Portugal because it's uh, my home country and a place that I, I've seen lots of shows there. And, like, going to a concert in Portugal is just more fun than going to one here. The crowd is very not afraid to look embarrassed. I think you'd get a very hot, hot, hot crowd uh, at this show. So. And I am picking Zaire because it's a historic site. Mm-hmm. And because, you know, the crowd for that show is notoriously just red hot. Obviously, they're backing Muhammad Ali, and I don't think there's anybody in the world of wrestling that they would back uh, as strongly as they got behind Ali for that show. But uh, it w- would be a fun venue, I think, to see again with a contemporary production 
budget behind it. Absolutely love it. Jim, our next question this week comes to us from cor- currently morning Mr. Butter Chicken at Duncan Idaho. Uh, hashtag Sweet Boys West. I think he's morning. What? Well, I don't know. What is he? Real good showing? Yeah, probably. Is that what he's? Okay. He might be. Here, I'm going to reintroduce. You can just edit that out. Okay, ready? Uh, uh, currently morning. The end of Real Good Show. At Duncan Idaho, he says, <laughs> what would Saudi Arabia have to do in order for WWE to end their relationship? I mean, murdering someone is apparently not enough. What if they – do you think if Saudi Arabia – I mean, I, I'm wondering what – like, I feel like Saudi Arabia and U.S. relations are strong, right? Yeah. Is that – because they weren't on the, the Muslim ban. They do a bunch of oil trade, and obviously, like, there is a working relationship there. So I don't see a war starting. Do you think if USA and Saudi Arabia were at war in some capacity, WWE would still go there? Uh, no. Yeah, that would stop it, right? Yes. Short of that, is there anything you can think of? No, not really. Like, I am struggling to, because, like, there's obvious human rights violations. They're, like, I don't know. I, I guess my answer is a war, a full-scale war yeah, with America. That's got to be the only thing. Like. Or maybe if they came out. But, see, they almost, they basically already did this. Yeah. When when they were, like, making threats against Canada. Right. They were like, you better shut your mouth or we'll 9-11 you. <laughs> Which almost, like tacitly admits that they were responsible for 9-11 on some level. I mean, I'm glad we're going there on this show. That's <laughs> That was where I was hoping talking about that. But, like, <laughs> that is true, though, right? Yeah, they man. They do that. I, they literally, the country's official Twitter account. KSA, I think it yeah, is. Yeah, tweeted at, like, Toronto yeah, to be man. like, you better shut your fucking hole or we're going to 9-11 the CN Tower. Yeah, I think they said uh, 9-11-2 will happen. Yeah. I mean, what do you say, man? The world's insane. I mean, I, I don't even... I can't dive too far into that stuff. I, it's very nerve-wracking. It makes me... I, I don't like any of it. I, I don't want 9-11 to hit Toronto because I love Toronto. And, of course, Duncan, I don't know. I remember Sweet Boys East or their Sweet Boys OG lives mm-hmm. in Toronto. Uh, I'm going to say this, Chamo. Do you think Do you think if, uh, if this, a Saudi prince came out and was like, I was actually a WCW guy, that then they wouldn't go? Uh, no, because then they just try to book WCW guys. <laughs> they try to, they'd throw five million at Goldberg. <laughs> to job to return. Triple H. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Moore, final question this week comes to us from Fruits Are Inedible at Fruits Are Edible. And he asks, if you could pull off one wrestling move on any wrestler, what would you want to do and who would you want to do it to? And then he clarifies, logistics be damned. If you want to hit a Canadian Destroyer or an Andre the Giant, you absolutely can. You got an answer for this one, Jay Moore? So physically... I can I can hit anything on anyone. Yes. What what are you hitting? Is there any way you're not hitting it on Vince McMahon? Uh I might go Hogan. Oh, that's a way you can go with for sure. Yeah. Okay, so what are you hitting the Hulkster with? I'm gonna hit Hulk Hogan with the muscle buster <laughs> and hope that his spine ruptures. <laughs> <laughs> or Okay, uh, and if it doesn't, then I'm going to pick him up and I'm going to hit him with the buckle bomb. <laughs> Just every move that's caused it. Then the Goldberg high kick. Exactly. And then Owen's pile driver. <laughs> yeah, and then <laughs> Sasha's. Seth Rollins' like, flying knee off the top yeah. rope. Basically, all moves that have harmed people forever. No, uh, oh, I hate being paralyzed, brother. Uh, yeah, and then if none of that catches, then I'm going to say Hulkster. Uh, for, we're we're planning a big superhero return for you. <laughs> Get on this rig from the rafters. <laughs> <laughs>
Now we're talking. Uh, well, my answer is way less funny and way less interesting, but I'm just going to go with the first thing that came to my mind. I just had this image of me in the center of a WWE ring hitting the go to sleep on Vince McMahon, and I was like, well, that would be dope. I would love to do that. Go to sleep isn't even my favorite finisher, but I just thought that that image is, is really cool, and I would like to do it a great deal. So I will be stealing uh, Hideo Itami and CM Punk's finisher and uh, hitting the chairman with it. And maybe Linda. Hell yeah. <laughs> Definitely Linda. I mean, you're on Trump's cabinet. All bets are off. <laughs> that's, that's just one man's opinion. That's yeah. just one man's opinion. I wouldn't mind if she went to sleep. That's and look, intergender wrestling is having a moment right now. <laughs> yeah, I love when that die. <laughs> We're going to not say that joke. We're just going to have a sip of water here, J-Mo. If you want to talk for a second, I'm just going to cool right yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. That's mm. all good. That's some good water. You know water. what? I feel like it's been a good show. I feel really I feel proud like of today. I feel show. like we've like replenished our souls. Yeah, I felt like last week was a weaker show. Yeah, and this week we we, we, we came back at it. We unleashed our spirits within. Th- maybe the format is good. Maybe it is. I don't know. If you have an opinion on the format of this show, please feel free to reach yeah, out I to us. I thought, I thought I would break you again by referencing spirits within one last time. I didn't even pick up on it yeah. that time. And I mean, uh, comedy rule of threes, right? You got to hit it something three times. Okay, here, try it again. Okay, we, we came back at it. We were replenished and renewed, <laughs> and we unleashed. <laughs> we unleashed our spirits within. Only gets better with time, JMO. JMO, you know what else only gets better with time? When people go and review the show over on the iTunes Store, give it five stars. Let us know you did it. Send us a picture of it, and we will thank you on the program. Uh, if you don't want to do that, give us money instead. Head on over to Patreon.com/TopMarks. We got uh, the Patreon DM group going with. Uh, I don't want to say who's in there, but there's a great cast of characters. Oh yeah, it's quite the group of local celebs. Uh, there's uh, there's some. <laughs> Who were you? Th- oh, you. I guess would be a local celeb. No, I mean I, we got the bass player from Chica oh. in. There. That's true. We got the sign maker himself. That's Brandon abs- O'Connor. Who also? Well, I'll just tell you that off air. But we may have uh, some T-shirt news coming down the pipeline. Ooh, so la stay la. tuned. Stay tuned for that. Anything else you need to get off your chest this week, Jamal? Uh, just that you know, I I love doing this show. Uh, I feel like as real good comes to an end, maybe I I didn't uh, open up and often enough about how much it meant to me. Mm. Uh, that everybody supported the show and listened every week and how uh, special of a moment it was for the three and a half years that it lasted. I know that's a very long moment. No, but a moment in time, yeah. for sure. Um, so, yeah, I just want people to know that uh, I'm very grateful that you choose to spend close to 100 minutes with you you and I every single week. It it's doesn't even make sense. It's an enormous commitment. Uh, it's. I hope it's fun. Clearly, it is if you do it every week. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the listenership keeps going up. Who knows why? Yeah. So, I am. I'm very grateful, and thank you very much. Yeah, I uh, I saw that outpouring of uh, love and support on Twitter yesterday when uh, Real Good announced it, and I I had to think. Did you? I, I got to think. If for an instant. Because, you know, people sometimes, what's that saying about, like, you never get the roses while you could still smell them? I thought it was very nice that people went out and shared, like, anecdotes and favorite bits. And, and more than just, like, the regular cast of characters, you know. You, mm-hmm. you, you Seeing it all at once, I think, even from a distance was very I, I, cool. I said it's like living through your own funeral. That's an interesting way of putting it. Yeah, I get what you mean by that. Where it's like, yeah. So if you have nice things to say about us while we're still doing the show, don't <laughs> hesitate to say them. You can tweet us at, at, at TopMarksPod, or you can find us on Gmail. Send us an email. Uh, yeah, at TopMarksPod at gmail.com. And, and listen, folks, I'm just going to say it as it is. If you spend time with me on weekends, you would know. Who knows how long I'm alive for? Like, give me these roses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
And with planning to die soon, folks. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. He asked if I wanted to be in his will last week. (laughs) And he took out a large life insurance policy. Can I? I'm going to save it for the banter. We'll talk about that and I got a story to tell you about a will after, too. Okay, okay. Until next week, stay hot. Stay spicy. Stay tasting great. Because you're Curry Man! What? 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 Titus Worldwide! We gotta talk about Venom. We do. What What did you think of Venom? I liked it. It was sloppy. Mm-hmm. Very rushed final act. <laughs> I Can I interrupt you already? Yes. I don't feel like saying a rushed final act is even accurate. No? It is like the most hurried... Yeah, like it really is. The the last it's insanely, <laughs> it jumps from the middle sequence, which is fun. This was like I feel like the the opening act is very standard and just kind of setting the pieces. Yeah, and then once it gets going in the middle, I'm like, this is a fun movie. Finally, this is what I was looking forward to. The kind of inner don the inner dialogue, inner monologue between the Venom symbiote and Eddie Brock. Yeah, them going back and forth with each other. And Eddie having to balance these, like, urges and appetites that are just, like, the symbiote controlling him, basically. It was fun when that stuff was happening. And then... And then it's just, like... There's, like... It feels like if we break down the movie into four acts instead of three, the third act is just missing. It the last fifteen minutes of the movie, like both introduce and resolve a new problem. <laughs> like it's so it's ju- never been introduced at any point. Like JMO told me, like I was like, oh, okay, what should my expectations be? Because you went during the day and I was at work. Normally we see these movies together, but it just didn't line up for this one. And you go, well, listen, they sort of, you know, the third act is rushed, but you can. Pre-. So I even knew going in that this happened, mm-hmm. and I was waiting, and I was like, I feel like I've been in this movie for ninety minutes. Like where, where is this? And then it started happening. That I was like. Oh my god! It was. I thought. I think I liked the movie a little less than you. I felt it was. It was very kind of lazy in a way. I don't. know. My big complaint is that the action sequences are so close up. You like no point. You get to just see like Venom pulled out kicking ass. But yeah, I really enjoyed the motorcycle chase. Yeah, but the actual like fighting sequences were not that great. I think the best scene of the movie is a comedy scene. Uh, without giving anything in away. In the restaurant. Yeah, he's that's at my, a buffet. That's my favorite part. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's yeah. it got it got a huge reaction from my audience, which was and good like to see. Tom Hardy's performance is great. That's really why I enjoyed the movie. He's funny in it. There's a time jump in the beginning of this movie that makes no sense whatsoever. It it makes. No, 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 no. No sense. They, they jump six months into the future so that you can see, like, personal repercussions of a decision that Eddie has made on his own life so that his life can be in shambles. But then you are also supposed to believe that the villainous plot at, in play has also taken a time jump six months forward. And it makes no sense at all. I mean, without explaining how the mechanics of the movie work, it's hard to get into the degree of why it makes no sense, but it makes no sense. So, I still liked it. I'd give it like a 6 out of 10. You'd go probably 4, I feel like. I feel, I feel like it's a definition 5, where it's just like, I didn't feel like my time was wasted, but that's about the nicest thing I could say about it. Like, there's some movies you walk out where I'm just like, I was cripplingly bored, this sucked, I didn't feel that way about Venom, but it's easily the worst superhero movie I've seen in 
like literal years. Like yeah, you'd have to go back to whenever Thor: Dark World came out for me to find. Oh uh, yeah, uh, um, even then that movie has the opposite problem where it's like <laughs> yeah, the first little bit of it is rough going, and then man, that final act of Thor: uh, Dark World is awesome. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it doesn't salvage the movie, but at least it it's like know. super inventive and cool and fun creative action. Whereas this one just seems to go on autopilot the f- further we get into it. Thanks for listening to Josh Custodio and Justin Morissette. Well, you know what? We talked about wanting to see it last oh, week. Yeah. I feel like it's important that we do oh, a I'm not, little review of it. I'm not teasing. I would love to do a movie podcast. I would I would love to do it. Sure. Uh, but uh, maybe, for now. Maybe down the line. I mean, I hear I've got some time on my hands now. <laughs> I don't think the solution to doing more time is doing another podcast with me. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think we have a great time. You think I, you'd get sick of me if you did another show with me? Not at all. I think that your talents could be like I feel like you could carry another show uh, without and, you. Yeah, I feel like I'd, I'd say fare thee well, Joshua. I think I think what I can bring to this show. This week's episode is a good example. You're like I happen to miss this, and I'm not a broadcaster. I don't know you what did to jump. Great, in, no, you but I never miss a goddamn wrestling believe show. Believe in yourself, man. <laughs> You got a spirit within you, all right? <laughs> there it is. There it is. That's what I'm talking about. He did a spit take, folks. <laughs> Why'd you wait till I was drinking water? <laughs> you son of a gun. <laughs> Titus Worldwide.